What's going on, everybody? Hope you're having a lovely day. Uh, for those tuning in for the first time, welcome to the Pals Podcast. Happy to have you here. And for those returning, we appreciate the support. My name is George Boutsalis, and I'm one of the co-hosts of the Pals Podcast. And I am your only co-host on this intro today because we had a little mix-up, and I got to record this intro by myself. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Today's guest is Elias Theodoru, a good Greek-Canadian boy and a mixed martial artist. But not only a mixed... Not only a mixed martial artist, the first sanctioned medical cannabis athlete in sport. He is uh, paving the way for um, cannabis use within sport, and he explains why he, why he uses it and how it helps him and benefits him uh, through his mixed martial arts career. He took us through his, his entire career and what he's got on the horizon. He's got a fight coming up. Uh, and he's also doing some other stuff with, uh, in the film industry uh, among some other projects. It was a really fun conversation, guys. He, uh, he shed some light on some, some of the misconceptions and the stigmas surrounding cannabis with sports. Uh, I think this will cater to all, uh, cater to everybody. It was a fantastic conversation and uh, really educational. I'd like to give a shout out to our sponsor, Cottage Springs. For those who don't know, Cottage Springs has to be one of the best vodka waters and vodka sodas uh, you can buy uh, on the market right now. Rick and I and our, and our friends drink, drink them all summer long when we're at the cottage, when we're you know having a little pre-drink get-together, dinner parties, what have you. An amazing drink. They're gluten-free, sugar-free, no carbs, 100 calories, and 100% Canadian. Uh, they come in soda, uh, vodka sodas and vodka waters. You can buy them in the LCBO. They come in mixed packs. Uh, some of the flavors include raspberry, lime, and strawberry kiwi for the waters. My personal favorites are the sodas, and they come in watermelon, peach, lemon, lime, and wild cherry, guys, they're amazing. I mean, it's easy easy to grab and go. Pick up a pick up an eight pack at the LCBO and get on your way. Start your uh, start your weekend off right. I would also like to give a big shout out to our other sponsor, Cast. Cast intends to be the objective assembly of public opinion, uh, and it's going to shake up the social media landscape. They're intending to let people uh, share their opinions and their insights, ask any question they want, and let people vote anonymously without the fear of reprisal or ramifications. Uh, they think that the the social media industry it needs is is due for some uh, some objectivity and impartiality to bring back to it and let people just communicate freely in a safe space. So, uh, for those who want to find out more, go to www.createyourcast.com. The beta is launching this week, so if you want to get early access to the beta, sign up now. www.createyourcast.com or at createyourcast on social. And uh, I guess this is just me. LFG guys, let's go. Good. Are you good? We're good. We all good? Put the pull the mic a little bit closer, about a fist away. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. Oh, I like that, Georgie. I heard that. I'm not gonna take that. I heard that from Joe. Rogan. <laughs> it's supposed to be a fist from the mouth. Okay, let's go. Oh, we're live. Welcome. Boom. We're gonna start this off, and uh, I want to ask. And me and Georgie were even chatting about this earlier. When did you decide that you wanted to be a professional fighter? Like I, I was reading up, and it says yeah, you went to school. I think you were gonna go to George Brown or something for arts, arts or marketing or something. I have a degree in advertising and, from and advertising. Uh, Guelph University. Guelph, there we go. Okay. So when did you decide, I'm not going to go into that, I'm just going to beat people up for a living? Yeah, well, um, yeah, it actually goes, it's a couple a couple layers in that. Um, what's it called? I think it, the, the concept of, um, you know, 
uh, notoriety was very integral in regards to my um, fighting career. So I I never really got into fights. I was a skater, right? And then uh, one day, some guy that I know, um, I used to play baseball back in the day too. So um, I got a wicked right hand. So this guy was throwing. (laughs) Oh, we know. (laughs) So yeah. So this guy was. uh, He was basically, um, you know, throwing some snowballs, and then I got. A lot, the better of him. I uh, hit him a lot, and uh, he got mad about it, and he kind of like ran at me and like tackled me. And we, we kind of knew each other through some of my classes, so I didn't really think of it. And he tackled me, and then the girl I was walking with at the time, uh, she kind of like tried to stop it, and he smacked her, and I, I like uh, got you know uh, heated, and I threw him, yeah, yeah, and whatever, yeah. whatever. He walked away with his tails between his legs. That was like on a Friday. Um, the Monday comes and his cousin is like one of the big guys in school and he's demanding me to fight him and basically all of like half of the school kind of watches sorry how old like, were you at this point i was um this was probably grade 10 so i was like 14 60, 15 yeah, yeah. somewhere around there so i didn't want to fight because like you know the incident happened there he was in the wrong i kind of smacked him he didn't want to do anything and then now he basically came with his his cousin squad. and all their friends and squad and kind of confronted me um so as I started walking away, his cousin grabs me, sucker punches me, and throws me into his cousin, and um, and uh, the guy that wanted to fight me, and uh, a light switch just went on, and like a hockey fight, I jerseyed him and just beat like just <laughs> beat the living crap out of him, right, and um, <laughs> and, and eventually got broken up, but I, I I vividly remember him walking like swaying away. He was just bamboozled. It looked like a cartoon where there's like butterflies <laughs> yeah, or yeah, whatever yeah. like coming off his head. And um, the fight got broken up. Like some of my friends, older brothers, they kind of stepped in. The, 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 the teachers kind of stopped. They didn't think any of it. That was, again, on a Monday. But like Wednesday, it turns out it went viral. A viral in the earliest sense because it was on a some kid filmed it with a Motorola. Yeah, a razor. Then, yeah, yeah you know, a razor, like yeah, a razor. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I got a little bit of uh, what's called some street cred for it. So I thought I was the coolest kid. And uh, at that point, my like whole new persona was I didn't start fights, but I finished them. And then I was undefeated in high school, and I thought I was uh, king shit and for that aspect. Um, and then I had a very humbling moment and a real viral moment. So um, I was at a local watering hole after my first year of university. And again, I was undefeated in high school at this point. Um, <laughs> Governor Belt, reigning champ. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Legend in my own mind. And I pick a fight with someone I shouldn't have. And the fact that I was bum stumbling and he was completely sober. Um, and then I first thing I first thing I tried to do when we ended up uh, taking it outside was a an ill-fated uh what's it called superman punch and i slip fall land on the ground uh kicks me in the face uh, again being a, a du- laugh, yeah it kicks me in the face oh laugh it's hilarious i was like kicks me in the face um kicks me in the face and uh you know I, i'm an idiot at this point in my life uh what's called rip off my shirt chase him i jump on a cab and uh what's it called because he got away the cab driver drives off um i slip fall boom I landed, fell asleep, wake up the next day, kind of like, you know, kind of next day. Um, I'm telling my friends, because uh, I worked at Foot Locker at the time, this very funny story, and because um, it was funny at the time. And then a friend that wasn't there at, at, uh, for the, the whole debacle or a fun thereof, whatever, I'm um, basically comes in and goes, Elias, are you all right? And I'm like, yeah, why? What's up? He goes, it's on YouTube. I'm like, what's YouTube? And then <laughs> this is like 2008. Basically, um, a clip of it went on viral on whatever the heck it was. It was like a world star of sorts, and I was mortified, just completely dem- like 
mortified. And it's called uh, the legend of my own mind, et cetera, et cetera. Pop goes the ego. Um, and I basically confided in my dad and said, hey, what do I do? And he goes, well, you love that UFC stuff so much. Why don't you go and make sure this never happens again? And I did. And I, I just showed up at a gym. And originally, I was going to uh, learn some things and find this guy and do something to that component. And <laughs> I'll show him. But then I obviously, uh, you know, allowed me to mellow out, find a purpose and uh, some structure. And the rest is history. Wow. That's actually what, kind of where you ended there was what I wanted to ask. Do you think that through your training, it made you realize that like you said, it mellowed you out, but did it make you realize that it's more like the self-defense aspect and just how to kind of be more strategic well, when it comes to battling? What did it really teach you when you say mellow out? Well, there's a lot of things. Um, I, I think I, I, have, I don't have the, the ego I once had. Um, I think a little bit more in regards to the structure, um, the capacity of knowing that you can defend yourself is a very powerful thing. And again, I, I, I've competed with some of the best in the world. I've also now at this point and leading up to it, even before professional, I, I, I trained with some of the best in the world. And, and again, those humbling moments of losing every single day in the gym, it's much more worthwhile than, uh, you know, trying to settle some dumb bar, yeah. uh, what's it called argument, right? Like, uh, especially, uh, when I became professional, um, I would just buy people drinks. Like I'd much rather have a good time with someone than yeah. uh, try to best them in uh, in something that doesn't really matter. And and that's the the part of uh, I guess the involving uh, as an athlete, uh, you know, beyond um, you know just some high school kid who got involved in fights. Yeah. And I guess too the other thing, as you train and you actually learn, like it's fighting is a very humbling thing, right? You start yep. learning with anybody. I could be half your size and you could still yep. go toe to toe with you. But you said you lose your ego. But then also on the flip side, doesn't it also play a little bit help you go a little bit to know like you walk into a bar you say rather buy drinks but you know in your head that if somebody messes with you it's not going to be a one-way fight like you're going to be the guy who actually in fact finishes the fight oh yeah so it kind of even though you're more calm and mellow and your ego's kind of put to the side still kind of the ego internally knows that you can you can finish well, the fight if you will for sure for sure and uh, obviously those are just uh what's it called it's just reality for the most part with like 90 percent of the people out there just because of how much time i put into for it sure. but i don't know uh it's allowed me to you know again the structure the purpose um and in in the times where i've even been in uh confrontations it, it, it coincidentally always happens with like right after wrestling class and i just like pick them up and slam them just to like <laughs> just to like you know let's just uh stop you're imagining this, that yeah. guy from the bar aren't you Pardon? when you pick them up and slam you're imagining that guy from the bar no no, no i'd actually buy that guy i'd i'd buy that guy dinner it really changed you changed my life, life you. right so um no it, it, again it, humbled in the capacity of um every day i lose uh, you know at the gym and come back and you know you mentioned uh, you know even people smaller than you and that's kind of what happened my brother um his uh friend and they're, they're a couple years younger than me he was doing martial arts you know for his whole life at that point so i just showed up at his gym and like, i was like 19 at that point and uh he's uh 16 and just strangling me like uh, putting yeah. me out like just <laughs> strangling, throwing yeah. me around like just like he literally choking me out um but i would show up every single day and then it, it was that that beautiful little thing of it, it kind of like translates to anything in regards to people learning something but you know where you were the first day then six months later then a year then you know now um give or take uh, 10 plus years wow. uh training and uh competing yeah i want to ask you said something that your dad was the one that kind of said you know why don't you go and do this so your parents were supportive the whole time yeah, supportive. They didn't understand it, uh, especially because you mentioned with um, uh, what's called schooling. I, after I finished my 
my degree and I, I got the diploma. They were so pumped, whatever. Like I had a couple of offers for uh, different ad agencies, et cetera, et cetera. And like, so what are you going to do? And I'm like, I'm going to Thailand. Uh, I'm going to go train and I'm going to have a fight. And I'm like, okay. And then, <laughs> you know, they're, they're very, uh, I couldn't be ha- more thankful and uh, undeserving of how amazing they are. So they've, they've been pretty much a, um, They've been pretty much uh, what's called supportive all the way through. Although my mom does start every fight like this and ends it like this. <laughs> Both your parents Greek? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, they're probably more comfortable knowing that you're a good fighter. Like if you were losing all those school yeah, fights, they probably the wouldn't. Yeah, you know, maybe go go take that job at that desk yeah, in that exactly, ad exactly. agency. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you said also on that point, your, your dad kind of said, you know, you're interested in the UFC thing. Why don't you pursue it? What what interested you? Interested you more in MMA, uh, like the UFC type path, than let's say traditional boxing? Was there some that drew you more to that? Um, well, I think in regards to just the, the whole completeness of it, um, again, if you throw in even the Greek compa- component of it, if you go to back to pancreation and the history of uh, it being attached to the ancient Olympics, like there, it just, I was drew, drawn to it a, a lot more than uh, necessarily boxing because of the simple fact that there's so much more than just punches uh, and there's so much more than just the head and body. Yeah. It's a, it's a cla- it is a classical sport. That's like it yep. came up in the, in the, the sweet science Olympics. because again, you're only hitting two. You only have two weapons, and you're only hitting really two areas: yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. body and the head. Whereas <laughs> MMA, it's it's an actual fight. Yeah, it's everything. What would you say your specialty is? Like, do, you, um, do you excel uh, in one area more than? Well, I think as in many professions, there's generalists and specialists. I think someone that comes from a more traditional, whether it's boxing, wrestling, uh, you know, karate, or anything in between, that's kind of their discipline, and they build everything up. Whereas I'm more of a generalist, and it really depends on whom I'm fighting. I, I'd kind of come into that aspect of people that trained mixed martial arts completely with the in, the the, uh, the concept or the plan in mind to eventually put it all together. Um, rather than I did this thing and now I'm incorporating it around everything else. So do you say a lot of it's focused on who you're going to fight and that's where you'll, you'll guess, work towards that fight and what their weaknesses are? Uh, a little bit. Uh, I am who I am uh, and uh, cardio is kind of my thing. I try to outpace people, um, whether it's kicks, whether it's grinding, whether it's um, you know hybrid of them both. Um, and again, it kind of is more uh, contemporary to uh, whom I'm competing against. Uh, if they're a really great striker, I'm going to put them on their back and make them feel like a fish out of water. If they're a really good jits guy, I'm probably just going to push them against the cage and you know out wrestle them and throw them around, or, or you know strike them and kind of just uh, not let them get what they want. Well, I was, I was reading somewhere um, over the weekend. I saw that you went to, when you kick someone, they went to block and you broke their arm. I've broken a couple arms like that. Yeah, <laughs> like um, I, I, I've never broken a, b- a bone in my body, nor have I ever broken anybody's bones ever. Yeah, knock on wood. But what was that like? Uh, it's very interesting. It's very vivid in my head. I, I remember it because because a lot of it has to do with. Um, body language as well in a fight so when i kicked him i already had that kind of the range he was very long right so he was um kind of blocking wrong and i and because he was a southpaw uh basically a southpaw when you win the uh, when when your opponent's a southpaw and you're winning what's called the uh the foot battle and you're on the outside everything on your right which is my power hand uh, or my power shots um uh you know kind of land harder just because in regards to where where we're kind of uh, facing each other so I hit his arm and I could see it like his body language. And I just like a shark in the water and, and it could sense the blood. I just kind of just went at it and uh, and knocked him out. <laughs> Jesus. I can't even imagine that's like, I, well, I worse, worse than that. I've actually like, uh, so I've broken two hands with a kick and then three people have broken their hands off my head. 
Uh, what? The, the funniest one like was where they, they, like the forehead. forehead. Yeah, making that uh, yeah. Yeah. hard headed to a yeah, next yeah, level. Yeah, eh? Stubborn, stubborn, very <laughs> stubborn. But um, funny with the, the one of them, uh, I was kind of kill, like uh, killing him with uh, kindness. Um, he was from Brazil, and uh, and I knew like kind of the machismo he kind of had. Um, sorry, the what? Machismo. machismo. It's kind of like he's like, oh, like, just like, a meaner. Thought it yeah. was like yeah, big shot. So, but chest. I knew he couldn't really take a joke. Um, just cause I, just the way he is. Um, so basically, um, I kind of just kind of killed him with kindness. I, there's a couple times in, like, cause we have, when we're fighting, we usually are in the same hotel. Like there's a fighter's hotel. They have us all herded like cats. Um, so I saw him and he was kind of like lost little puppy out of, you know, lost puppy. And I was like, yo, you need to go this way. You need to go that way, et cetera, et cetera. And then after, um, weigh-ins, uh, uh, which I gave him a birthday cake because his birthday was uh, coming up and it, <laughs> he refused to take it. So I'm going to punch your um, face. And by the way, here's a cake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the, the ironic thing is I won and he, he didn't take the cake, right? So it said, happy birthday, health, happiness, but sorry for the L. And then he didn't take it. So after I beat him, I ate you the ate cake. <laughs> so, no, but Man, being, that guy took a major L that yeah, day. Yeah, so, so uh, after the weigh-ins, after the, the medicals, I was like, hey man, like he was kind of like, again, lost some medicals. And I was like, hey man, you just got to go there. He goes, dude, I don't want to be your friend. I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> all right, that's fine. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. And then we had a mutual friend that was there, and he came, um, and he goes, "What's wrong with your friend?" And I was like, "He's like, ah, oh, you know, he's just nice or whatever like that." I'm like, "He's like, he basically said, I, I don't care. I'm not gonna be his friend. I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna break his face. But ironically, my face broke his hand. <laughs> Come on. So um, yeah, there's that. And then I've, I've picked up people and slammed them uh, to the point where they've uh, broken ribs and they quit. Uh, and then uh, what's called uh, the craziest one was a uh, fight in Bellator. Um, I'm really good at kind of putting people against the cage and then just uh, kind of like a mix of uh, Muay Thai uh, clinch work. But because, um, again, with fighting, uh, when, you're, when you have your back against the cage, it's very similar to being on the ground, but just different gravity. And you just kind of post them up there and uh, you, you do a little bit of dirty boxing, a little bit of elbows and whatnot. And I broke his orbital bone. Uh, to the point where orbital I hit him. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, um, what happens with your orbital bone, if you break it, your eye socket actually falls. So after I broke it, he, he kind of came and he kind of, you could see he was touching it and something was wrong. So I hit him again and he's like, I, I don't want to do this anymore. No. So he quit. <laughs> Holy so shit. I've done a couple of those. So that's crazy. I, uh, I, when I said earlier, I can't imagine what it's like. I actually, so I fought in an amateur box. Mm -hmm. I matched my first one last uh 29th, whatever, like a year ago. I fought in a, in a fight called um, Fight to End Cancer. Yep. Yeah, sure. so I train at Kingsway Boxing yep. with Virgil and Jen. Um, shout out to Kingsway. Uh, I've always been a diet fan, but a uh, diet boxing fan, and I, and I really enjoyed it. Learned a lot through the process. Really humbles you, teaches you that fighting. Sure. Uh, even going back to your points about brawling and that like fighting is a lot more strategy and cerebral than it is just get in the fight and start throwing hands at people because that's how you lose a fight pretty quick, right? But... When you're saying like guys, you know, you've broken all these bones and all that stuff. I remember the fight because um, I knocked the guy the guy out that I fought. I was like the main event there, knocked him out. I've never knocked somebody out to fight. Barely fought my whole life. And when I remember when I hit him, no one's ever been knocked out in this charity event in 10 years. I didn't, my coach was like, you shouldn't have knocked him. I was like, how the hell am I mean to do it? But when Dropped I hit him, him, but I hit him with a right hook to the, like clean on the jaw. And, and I threw it and I ducked and I turned back. He's in the ground. And like my heart dropped. I felt, I was like, I'm like, holy shit, is this guy okay? Like, yeah. So I can't even imagine what you're here, like breaking orbital bones and doing all these yeah. things. like, And then eating their cake. <laughs> yeah. Like, anyways, I thought the first time I put this guy down, I was like, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. It does feel good to win a fight. Like, but 
it's a scary thing to like do some damage to somebody in the ring. No, for sure. Um, obviously, we're in a fight uh, where there's money involved, uh, especially where we're two consenting adults. Um, uh, the the positive thing, uh, for the most part, for me on my end, uh, which I haven't really been injured uh, in any way, shape, or form in the head, which is, again, knock yeah. on wood. Yeah. Uh, what's it called? Um, and even with fighting, uh, one of the interesting things uh, comparatively with boxing and MMA, there's many w- ways to win a fight. So there's been mm-hmm. times where I don't even look like I, I've gotten in a fight, right? And same thing with my opponent. Um, whereas boxing, you can get like 100 punches to the head in a round. Yeah. Uh, sure. Especially on the upper echelon, right? So. Um, and, the, and there's all the, and research has already shown in regards to the, the micro, um, like the micro concussions people can get. I, I don't know if that's a technical term, but there's something by the, to, by the volume, by of, like, punches by the volume of punches where yep. it's like, it's, it's not you getting hit and you're, you're concussed and you're like, whoa, it's just constantly being hit. And again, that doesn't even count for the, the training, right? Like the training oh, wow, that goes yeah, into yeah. it. So I never thought about that actually. Personally, I always thought that. Like when I see UFC and like, you know, mixed martial arts mm. and guys, you know, you're, you're kind of throwing more elbows and stuff. And when you're on top of them, you're throwing. I never really I always thought that that was more violent, but I never really considered the volume you're taking as well, because you are obviously you can get at any point a couple hundred punches to the head. Um, yeah. So. I forgot I was going there. I got a little distracted. No, but, but, uh, no, but, but that's interesting that- because it does seem more violent. But to your point, I did. I remember seeing a lot of your fights coming up, too, like. There would be times where you would like, you know, you, whether it ends by submission or decision, like you'd come out of the ring, the hair's still looking good. I see the, the braids, nothing. Yeah. And you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's interesting. I never, I never thought about that, that boxing, you taking more shots and stuff. That's a very Only to the head, really. Yeah. And right. A and then place. a little bit to the body to kind of open up the head again. Yeah, and yeah. Um, if you, if you throw in uh, not only the, the hundreds and potentially thousands of uh, punches you can get in a, in a couple of fights, um, and then add the, the, the years of training and, and with boxing, because it has that that very um, institutional uh, amateur circuit? You have hundred, you could potentially have hundreds of amateur fights um, and have had thousands of punches to the, if not hundreds of thousands of punches yeah. to the head. Um, what's it called before you even get paid to do it once? It's funny you bring that up. And just right before you walked in, we were talking about like because the Jake Paul thing came up, and I was talking, I was sharing with Jordan and, and Ricky about like a lot of fighters, like yeah, you know Jake Paul and these guys, or even start like Mayweather's fifty and zero, but he probably had hundred and fifty whatever amateur fights mm-hmm. guys like you know Errol Spence fought on the weekend he's 30 and no but he was like 130 and two like yeah that amount of fights like again I never thought about that point about how much volume of shots you're taking yeah uh, which is a pretty big deal and again not only not only in regards to what's called the, your your brain and whatnot but also your pituitary gland and all, where all your uh, testosterone comes from that's why oh, really? like uh, again there's a lot of um again just simple um, a simple, uh, a lot of uh, what's it called uh, research in regards to just uh, that's been coming out of any type of um, blows to the head and your effect on your testosterone, your effect on other aspects of um, your your brain function oh, wow. that kind of um, you know get magnetized, magnetized, uh, magnified, magnified. There you go. Thank you. Okay. Uh, I get hit in the head too. <laughs> uh, what's it called? So uh, over the, the course of one's career, and then obviously now is when uh, we've actually starting to understand it where before, again, uh, whether it's a fighter, whether it's uh, what's called a hockey player who got yeah, a lot yeah. of hockey fights, um, the, there's certain barriers in regards to uh, communicating uh, what those uh, effects are for many years. And I think only now we're trying to, we're starting to actually have those uh, real adult conversations. Yeah, and the science behind it too is coming yeah. a long way compared to, I mean, even football, like stuff like that. Yeah, right? exactly. Concussions, concussions, yeah. Sport, yeah. And it's pretty, it's pretty crazy that it's taken, it's crazy taking this kind of long to kind of acknowledge it and, and accept it to the mainstream but i think it's great in the progress and the strides i mean 
even to kind of jump on that, like the progress being made with stuff like CBD. And, and I mean, even recently I saw in the NBA, they're not, I don't know if it's medical reasons, but they're not testing, I think now for, for marijuana in the NBA. It's uh, a, it's the bargaining rights between the union. Okay. Uh, basically, uh, they've only really tested, uh, I think in the preseason beforehand, uh, they're very progressive uh, in their aspects as well. Um, but that's something that they can do uh, collectively um, as uh, a group. And hopefully again, it, it puts, that change in the right direction uh, and you know the the many decades we're making up for lost time of uh you know cannabis and uh cbd research because of that stigma and because of that uh you know um wrongfully um wrongfully uh labeled uh you know illegality uh that's been around it for so long yeah and that's just kind of like a good segue on yeah. this because uh, you obviously first sanction ever fighter professional athlete athlete, athlete in general. Uh, yeah athlete that can use is it cbd what is it THC like? more specific okay, so THC. what i have is uh, it's called a therapeutic use exemption so um originally i did it with the uh united states anti-doping agency is when i applied for it and uh, that's uh the anti-doping agency that's under the wada which is the world anti-doping agency and they partnered with uh the ufc to be a third-party tester what is like uh, like Olympics and stuff? They yeah, the yeah, global. Yeah. Yes, but you okay. can also hire them. Yes. like companies can also hire them. So the UFC okay. hired the um, the American version, and then again, subs uh, subs uh, basically below that, um, different. Like again, that was the the one where they worked with, but they would contract out. Even for instance, in Canada, every time they they tested me here, they would do uh, do it with the CCS, which is the Canadian Center for Ethics and Sports, which is okay. again under the WADA protocol. Right, got it. So I applied for what's called a therapeutic use exemption because cannabis has a, um, because of its uh, product of it being uh, scheduled as a schedule one drug in the US uh, and other places around the world, it doesn't have any medical properties under the eyes of the UN. They recently rolled that back, um, but also the US more specifically. So it was an uphill battle applying for them because uh, the anti-doping agency gets actual funds from the US government, so they have to adhere to their protocols. And under their protocols, they look at cannabis as a schedule one drug, which like I mentioned, doesn't have any medical properties. So fast track now, with uh, me parting ways with the UFC, um, as a free agent, I was able to apply to different jurisdictions without uh, the UFC, uh, you know, kind of setting up a fight. Um, and in doing so, I applied through the British Columbia um, uh, Commission to get a license to be a, a competitor in mixed martial arts. Uh, and they test for uh, cannabis because it's under a controlled substance uh, in regards to their classification. So I argued under my federal, uh, sorry, my uh, fundamental right as a Canadian to medicate as prescribed by my doctor and afforded to me by my fundamental right uh, to do so. Uh, and furthermore, in regards to calling into question of their standard of testing, because whether you're a 105 pound female or a 265 pound male, they have the same standard of tests, which is uh, actually persecutes different body types. And uh, whether it's females because of, uh, again, their um, Historically speaking, uh, what's it called? Higher thresholds in regards to um, water and you know fat soluble, and that's where cannabis is actually uh, tested. So, uh, in addition, for instance, heavyweights uh, where they'll stay on their in their weight class and sorry in their uh, body for longer. I have an example that I always bring up. A friend of mine who is 260 pounds. It basically stayed in his in his uh, in his system for 80 days after the fact. And this is uh, THC. THC. Wow. And uh, he was fined. Uh, suspended and his win overturned and it really like sidelined his career for many many uh you know months it was almost um 
he was actually suspended originally for a year and until he uh, took blame for it and took uh, accountability for it. Um, and again, it, it just that, that classification of cannabis uh, and, and not even having a, a, a concise standard. Because, for instance, like the UFC, they test within 150 nanograms, where this one did 125. So he actually had 150. If it was like if he was fighting for the UFC, it wouldn't be an issue. But because, again, this one cl- yeah, yeah. Uh, commission, uh, it was an issue. But I digress. Going for the commission that I competed with, it was the first case um, to actually get cannabis recognized as a medicine in sport um, through a government body. So that's why this is even bigger than USADA and WADA, because those are third-party testing, whereas this is actually a government, um, the British Columbian British Columbia government recognized my medicine in sport, and it's the first wow. kind. And the way that the commissions actually work with each other, um, all of North America actually respect each other's rulings. So now this has actually opened the door back to the U.S. to come full circle, and I've already applied for therapeutic use exemptions in the U.S., and I should be having uh, answers from there moving forward into the new year, and then not only become the first cannabis athlete in Canada, but also the U.S., and then wow. I have a, a backdoor, um, you know, being a, uh, a Greek Canadian, naturally a Trojan horse uh, through the, uh, <laughs> the Olympics, uh, the Olympic way as well, as well uh, wow, moving wow. forward in 2021. So um, again, my fight uh, will be in a cage uh, coming soon, but my other greater fight is uh, to be the knockout punch uh, for cannabis and its prohibit continued prohibition in uh, sports. That's amazing. Wow. I, I That's want- very, very cool, yeah. man. And very, like really cool to be the one, the pioneer. I think it's, it goes with anything, right? Being the first person to try and change a process is like the most the the hardest uphill battle. But like really good with anything, right? Because yeah. not only do you have to kind of convince like convince people, you have mm-hmm. to be the 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 outspoken one. You have to be the educator. You have to explain all this yeah, stuff. The like face, the burden yeah. of proof's kind of like on you, and you're kind of going against these massive organizations. To your point, that have it as a schedule one with no uh, no, which means no medical benefits, which is clearly the the. I, I don't want to quote anything scientific because I'm not I'm not aware, but clearly stuff's coming out now explaining the the medical benefits. benefits. So honestly, man, good on you for for taking that approach and that stand. Thanks, and, and, then, and hopefully it opens the door for a lot more uh, fighters yeah, and, well, and athletes in general. Yeah, well, thank you. Um, well, I think uh, again one of the clings to kind of throw in a little bit of the science. More specifically, what I um, applied for a therapeutic use exemption is uh, I have a condition called bilateral neuropathy, which is essentially nerve damage of my upper extremities, um, which is obviously, uh, you know, uh, what's it called? Something that I am conflicted with, with my type of work. I punch, I elbow. So all my upper extremities essentially have nerve damage where, um, you know, there's cramps, there's um, stingers, there's different types of, um, you know, pain that's associated just in general with my condition, but obviously because what of the rough, uh, you know, the nature nature of my uh, career, <laughs> I constantly have to do it. And instead of having to be forced to do the original, you know, first line medicines that one don't work as well as cannabis for me, and two the side effects are equally as painful and uh, you know detrimental to my uh, ability and my my ability to compete at a level playing field, um, and also again my quality of life as both an athlete and a patient, um, because it's not just about me being an athlete, but it's also about my life after uh, I finish right. training, after I finish yes, uh, yes. competing, right, um, and not having to uh, be forced to take very addictive uh, and highly detrimental, um, you know, first line medicines like painkillers and opioids uh, for the obvious reasons that we've seen in society over the last number of years. Yeah. 
Yeah. Sorry, just one thing no, I want no, to comment. No, no. Like, the, and that's interesting too, right? Is that people don't realize, I'm not people, but they might not realize, like, you know, when you fight, they might, if they say, you know, well, <clears throat> they're worried about kind of your career window for your fighting and why it should maybe prohibit against that. But you don't realize, like, a fight career, an athlete's career, pro athlete, is a short amount of time in comparison to your entire life, right? Like, you're kind of in your peak at this time. So obviously, everything that happens in here could have a lot, the, the <clears throat> longer term effects could really outweigh the, the things in this kind of window here. Yeah, and building on that point, the you have you guys ever seen the movie Concussion, the football movie with Will Smith? I haven't seen it. I, I know seen it, the movie, but I know. Yeah, so you know about, the idea behind yeah. it. And, you know, a lot of these football players, and you know, they're similar to UFC. It's a lot of you know head trauma, a lot of you know beating each other's bodies up. A lot of them get hooked on opioids and and heavy painkillers, and a lot of them suffer from severe depression, severe mental illness mm -hmm. because of this. A lot of this addiction and. They don't tell you that when you're taking it at the time. They think, oh, you're, this hurts. Okay, here, they prescribe you. And that's how it used to be back in the day. But now there's new forms of medicine that can help you without some of these long-term, highly addictive effects. But what I wanted to ask earlier, were you the first person to ever apply for these? Um, I'm the first, uh, first professional um, to ever apply for this in, through a third-party testing. There's been other people. So, for instance, uh, a football player uh, applied in the NFL. They denied and they said no. Um, what's it called? There has been what's called retroactive. Uh, Ross Rigliotti, I don't know if you guys remember him. He was a famous um, uh, snowboarder uh, that, because again, Japan and, and the US have the, the strictest. Ca Canadian? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's, he's actually in the, he's he's the new issue kind. Okay. Yeah. I think. Yeah, in the 80s, yeah. 89. OVO. OVO. Yeah, he's yeah. A, uh, did a whole collab with OVO. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So Ross. Uh, he, again, uh, argued on uh, a technicality because um, and w when he was a, when he got a, his therapeutic use exemption, it's called a retroactive therapeutic use exemption. So essentially means that you did something wrong, but we're not going to we're not going to what's called punish you. Because what ended up happening was there wasn't supposed to be actually any testing for cannabis. And because Japan is so negative towards cannabis, like you can go to jail like just like the U.S. and some places in the South where you can go to jail for like 10 years just for a little bit of weed on you, right? They're very, very anti-cannabis. Um, so, uh, for instance, and ironically, Pride, one of the original uh, what's called mixed martial arts organizations, they would not test for any steroids. They would only test for cannabis. And that's where, like, for instance, Nick Diaz got suspended there for, I think, for like five years or something like that because of that. So, wait, um, they didn't test for steroids, but they test for marijuana. Yeah. Again, it's just backwards mentality, so uh, old, outdated mindset. Uh, Ross Rigliotti, he got a retroactive therapeutic use exemption. Mine's different where I, uh, mine's not, we're not punishing you. We're actually recognizing this as a medicine and you're allowed to. Because again, I told you the threshold of 100, yeah. 150 nanograms, give or take. I probably have a thousand nanograms at any given moment. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, let's look all that. I got, uh, yeah, yeah, I got it all in me. And, uh, again, uh, just kind of breaking it down even more so. Uh, it's not just medical cannabis. What I was very, um, very uh, focused on through this is actually qualifying some of the um, cannabinoids that are banned as well. So it's it's THC, THCA, uh, and uh, also uh, CBDN, which are both banned. All three, the the three banned sub, uh, what's it called cannabinoids that are in um, uh, that are in professional sports. Can you explain what are the three different? Like, are they? Yeah. So CBD is obviously the one that's for anti-inflammatory. Yeah. Um, THC is uh, the one where it's the pain management and a little bit of the euphoria that comes with it. Um, my argument is that to actually get the true, uh, um, what's called benefits of the plant, you need the entourage effect, which combines both CBD and THC. Um, THCA. There's two different ways to ingest THCA. There is the um, uh, what's it called uh, raw cannabis. 
which is very interesting. So raw cannabis is just taking the raw flour before you dry it. Just I, I just literally grind up just with my kale in my smoothie um, uh, every day, every other day, um, my raw cannabis. And what that does is it gets all the anti-inflammatory anti products, par, uh, what's called byproducts that are in uh, cannabis, um, but doesn't have any of the waste that when you heat it, just like when you cook vegetables, you lose some of the minerals. Yes. Same thing with THC. So there's that. Uh, and then also when you make it into, when you cook it, so... THCA is the raw cannabis. You add heat, it becomes THC. And then when, for instance, you're making edibles, then it cools down and coagulates just like cheese. Um, it eventually then turns into THC again, THCA again. Oh. So that transformation is why you get so high because you're, you're opening up the THC, which is the psychoactive component, and then you're digesting it, which makes it last longer and uh, has the effects going through your I think it's your 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 liver or or, or, yeah. or whatever like that. No, it's your liver, liver? Um, and whatnot because it's digested in the way that it is. Um, uh, we have what's called cannabinoid re receptors, so our body can actually recognize cannabis and it actually can process it. So that's why, for instance, it's pretty much impossible. It literally is impossible to overdose from cannabis. Um, again, there's ways to uh, inhale cannabis through, um, for instance. In order to do it, you basically have to like ingest your body weight, if not twice your body weight, in one sitting, which is impossible. Jesus! Um, so you'll die of something else. Like if you, if you smoke your body weight of uh, <laughs> cannabis, uh, it's probably the smoke that kills you, not the actual <laughs> exactly. weed, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Um, that's kind of the, the the process on that capacity because we have cannabinoid receptors. Where um, again, it's a wholly different uh, component when you you're doing um, you know painkillers and opioids. It's it's a whole different aspect. Wow. I was gonna say I did not know, did not know near that I much. This was like, a good like science like, class. I'm learning yeah, a lot here. One thing to actually again kind of drive uh, home the fact that we have the receptors. The whole concept of a runner's high, and you know when you work out that whole like uh, yeah, active yeah. runner's high, it's just, it's the same mechanism as cannabinoid receptors. Really. Wow. Isn't that the, something, the runner's high, isn't it something to do with the releases endorphins or something? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's all the same kind of concept. <clears throat> Where'd you learn all this, if you don't mind me asking? Like, just like just years and years of studying it? Nah, just in general. I love uh, knowledge. So I, I constantly consume uh, information in every different direction. And like obviously, you, my, um, what's called my, my cannabis routine and, you know, as both a patient and athlete is uh, very important. So I'm on it. Yeah, did, it. Did you, and how did you figure out that, like, Obviously, before applying, you obviously went through all these processes to figure out what was going to help with. And so, remind me again what you have. Um, it's is called the therapeutic nerve, use exemption. No, no, sorry. The, the, you, you take bilateral it for neuropathy. bilateral neuropathy. So, I guess uh, my number oh, one. Sorry, what is bio? What is that? You said bilateral neuropathy. Nerve, you said the nerve, 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 yeah. nerve, nerve damage. Okay. Is, this a, is this a common? Is it common thing? Is it common amongst fighters? Is it? Is it? It's common amongst people in general. It's a condition. Um, okay. It, it, like. The, it originated in different ways. Uh, for instance, obviously the wear and tear uh, from punching. Uh, there's uh, a component in my neck that kind of uh, pulls down in regards to the nerve endings. Uh, also in regards to my left wrist. Uh, again, I mentioned earlier I was a, uh, or did I mention I was a former skateboarder in a past life. I, I used to jump off of ridiculously high, um, you know, stairs before I realized I was terrified of heights. <laughs> and then I broke my hand and then... Um, two breaks were fractures and I didn't because I was 16 and dumb. Um, I didn't go to a doctor for like months and then it healed broken. So they had to break it and then oh. and it didn't work. So you always hear those horror graft. stories. Eh? Yeah, like, then, they had to, then they had to get a bone graft. So they took bone out of my hip and made me a brand new wrist. Um, and then uh, that obviously degenerated in certain aspects. Uh, the reason why they do that is because uh, in your wrists, uh, there's basically the only, um, 
there's essentially blood flow for every single part of your body in two different ways, uh, except for your scaphoid, um, which is in your wrist. And if you don't get the blood flow then in there um, and they don't fix it, then it basically degenerates in your hands. So it's like uh, really it smithers. Uh, is it like the nerves atrophy almost? They like, like yeah, atrophies. Yeah, because yeah, there's no blood flow because right, you need right. blood flow in regards to things to kind of like survive. Yeah, I think that's uh, Mr. Smithers in uh, The Simpsons. You know, he's like this. Yeah, let's see. I never yeah. have to do with my hands either. <laughs> Uh, and then, so jump back to that point as well. So, um, when you're trying to figure out, I mean, obviously, you know, using THL, this stuff, how did you figure out that that was the best course for you? Is it just from just trial and error and you re- and research or whatever? And you're like, you know what? I don't want to take these opioids or these prescription medication. This is the way for me. And, and then just kept doing your research and building the case for it. Uh, my coach at the time, uh, when I was, uh, getting into mixed martial arts, um, really heavily, um, he was a patient for many years and I, 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 one, I saw the benefits, uh, for him in regards to his, uh, nerve damage. And two, I saw the detriment, uh, whenever we would travel. Cause like one of the beautiful things about mixed martial arts is the fighter's journey and being able to travel all over the world where I'd been thankfully able to do and going in those different, um, different places where his medicine is illegal and he wasn't able to bring it. I saw, you know, after the two, three week mark, uh, that just the detriment and the, you know, the, the detriment to his body and his mind and everything, uh, that painkillers and opioids really did to him. And I knew that it wasn't, wasn't going to be right for me. And from there, I just talked to my doctor and my family doctor, who's, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, not necessarily a proponent of, uh, cannabis per se. Um, but, uh, what's it called, someone that uh, believes in it and uh, both uh, as a medicine and coincidentally he's been my family doctor for my whole life. So who better to know that cannabis is uh, right for me uh, than my family doctor who's literally known me my whole life. Um, And then obviously I've had many different other doctors that have subsequently signed on in regards to just the, um, uh, what's it called, the process of going through a therapeutic use exemption. Uh, It's been four or five five years uh, in the making uh, you know, where I've had people like um, uh, Dr. Rod, who's a pain management. Um, shout out Dr. Rod. To shout out to Dr. Rod from the Poly Clinic, um, who's uh, what's it called, a pain management doctor um, and, and specializes uh, in uh, pain. And again, is someone that um, for years uh, understood uh, the benefits of cannabis versus uh, traditional um, medicines that, uh, again, it's not to say that uh, opioids and um, painkillers and other types of um, you know non-cannabis uh, medicine don't work but uh, having that opportunity to have it as an alternative for someone that where it does work for me uh, and again it's it's just backwards mentality where it wouldn't be an issue if someone could crush it's not an issue if someone crushes a handful of perks and goes in and fights but it's an issue if someone smoked a joint two weeks before yeah that, that, that's crazy wait, wait, that's actually interesting right you made a point earlier about like the negative side effects of taking like an opioid too and and you know you kind of hear that argument like drugs can be performance enhancers but if anything too like the opioids have also the negative side effect too right it's almost like a dehancer because of the, the negative results you can get from it and again the pain component too like again if you're not worried about pain if it kind of gets you in an altered state um so uh, one of the, again, the process of dealing with this, I had to do, exhaust first line medications. So I basically, by the end of it, was being told I had to take antidepressants to basically numb my whole body. Uh, and then, like, you know, coincidentally, oh, don't worry. Then side effect, positive side effect, it'll help you with your pain. <laughs> so it's like, well, I'm not like depressed. You, Why do you, I, like, my doctor, my family doctor, he's looking at this, like, yeah, this is stuff that we we would suggest in the eighties when uh, we didn't know we didn't have all effects. the research. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, and you'd be like, and then it's like uh, again when 
especially in the U.S., when they, there was huge pharmaceutical companies basically pushing uh, all these uh, yeah, different yeah. drugs. Uh, and again, there wasn't any restrictions. So you could literally go to a doctor in one one street and then go to a doctor in another one and just order the exact same thing in the exact same day. Yeah. It's crazy. Even your, like, your point you made earlier, like if you watch old like uh, ESPN 30 for 30s and stuff, you hear about football, like football locker rooms and, and, and baseball locker rooms back in like the 60s, 70s, 80s, there would be like a, a jar of just like pills, whatever. And if yeah. somebody, you know, I, I hurt my hand or I sprained an ankle, they just go kind of take from the candy jar kind of thing. You would hear it all the time. And it's, it's crazy to think that how we've come so far, learned so much, the advancements in medicine, all that stuff. And it's still a real uphill battle to see the effects and that, like stuff like cannabis is still considered like a schedule one narcotic in a lot of places. Yep. And like you said, can go to, can go to jail for it. Um, well, yeah. And then, pretty, again, pretty it all comes back to economics and racism uh, with cannabis. So if you want a little quick history lesson, um, why cannabis is illegal. So essentially it originally, um, cannabis was originally introduced to the U S uh, from doctors that went to India and noticed that the herb that they were using there, uh, there was racism. They called it, uh, I th- what did they call it? Uh, it's something racist. Um, but then it kind of transferred and said uh, after the Spanish war to people from Mexico. Um, and then uh, that's where the term marijuana comes from. It's essentially a derogatory. It means a poor man's tobacco. So it was, cl- it was basically classifying people that were smoking uh, crappy, uh, what's called tobacco, and they couldn't afford it. Lower class. Then, kind of thing. Uh, if, uh, for those that don't know, there's a male plant and female plant. The female plant is where the the cannabis comes from, the psychoactive. The male plant is a very, very, very good product. Hemp, right? So hemp, actually, the first Model T was made from hemp. Um, the car. Wow. So it's actually like if done properly, it's just as strong as steel and a fraction of the weight. So uh, that really ruffled some feathers with a certain gentleman named William Randall Hearst who owned all the cotton mills uh, because cotton was a competitor to hemp. So he was terrified. It. Well, owning all the cotton mills means he actually all owned all the newspapers. So he put some very racist things and said that cannabis, was, uh, which was primarily used by black and brown people at the time, that it was giving them superhuman strength and they're attacking uh, white people more specifically, uh, uh, white women. Um, and then from there, uh, what's it called? Uh, again, the racism took over and there was hysteria in regards to, oh my God, there's these superhuman, uh, what's it called, uh, minorities that are smoking this specific plant. We should, probably de- we should probably make that illegal. So that's what they eventually slowly started to do. Uh, then you fast track to the 1970s where because it, uh, Nixon, who had the um, Vietnam War and wasn't able to throw its biggest critics into jail just for criticizing it, uh, which happened to be hippies and African-Americans, he did what's called the war on drugs. So anyone that happened to have a little bit of cannabis on them, especially if you were protesters and hippies, there were any of these anti, uh, what's called Vietnam War, uh, what's called rallies and protests, well, if you had a little bit of weed on you, now you're in real trouble. So we'll throw you in jail. And then you fast track in regards to the 1990s in regards to um, the, the criminal reform that they did there and the, the zero policy and harder, st- stricter uh, drug crime uh, bills and stuff like that. That's where, again, because the U.S. has a for-profit prison, they basically, make, that, they yeah. basically make 100 grand for every, time, every person that they throw in jail. So if you throw some guy with a little bit of weed in jail for 10 years, that's a million bucks, bro. Yeah. You, you know what the That's great- actually it's a really interesting. I don't I didn't know all of that. I knew some parts of that and the part where you said like, like they demonized the with with the minorities and all mm-hmm. that. That part I kind of knew. And then yeah, leading through it with Nixon and, and everything. uh what's it called? Uh, again, going back to the racism component, slavery was uh, abolished in the US except for one instance, jail. Yeah. You're allowed to be a slave in jail. 
in the U.S. and it's a for-profit prison. So who are they targeting more specifically? Minorities. Boom. Yeah. Slavery. That's crazy. This is crazy. And one thing, um, a buddy of mine, Matt Gray, he runs um, um, one of the largest like kind of cannabis-related websites online. I can't remember the name of it right now. He went to Western. His name is Matt Gray. I forgot the... um, It's a... it's slipping my mind. Should, should look it up. Yeah, Jordan will get it. But he was working with a foundation in the states that's trying to release all minorities that are in prison for like small charges on marijuana. There's forty-seven thousand people in jail for non-violent drug crimes right now. Yeah, it's something. It was something ridiculous. And the amount that's and the amount and that's probably I think under like a certain amount. Because I remember when they legalized marijuana, like in a lot of the states in the. In the down uh, in America, sorry, they were bringing up stats like about how many are actually were in jail for the the less than the amount that is now decriminalized, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a big topic of discussion. Like, do these people now get freed, or do they not? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut your no, point no, off no, there. I'm, I'm googling Matt Gray. I want to. I need to get. There's this a couple of um, one of the ones. I'll Herb. Pull it up it's called too. Herb. A- Herb. So he runs this uh, the site called oh, I know Herb. Herb. You know Herb. So Matt Gray is a buddy of mine from uh, from Western, and he runs the uh, the site, and they did a massive campaign at the beginning yep. of COVID because. There was, uh, and I can't find it right now. It's driving me nuts. But because, again, like you said, there was like 47,000 people that are going to jail, that were in jail. Or, yeah, 40,000 people are locked up in America for cannabis. We need to let them out. So they created a, uh, it's called the Last Prisoner Party. Ah, I was just pulling it up. Boom. Boom. There we go. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. So Matt Gray, again, shout out Matt Gray. He's a friend of mine from Western. And when I, I had no idea anything about this, right? Like, I, I don't know too much about the marijuana space until recently with Kind, because Josh Nagel's a good buddy of mine as well, and he's the, the guy who started Kind. And prior to all this, I didn't know much about it. So then you start reading up on it, and you find out that, like, there's, like, rapists that get released before people that have small charges of marijuana. For sure. And you're like, this person just ruined another person's life and possibly numerous more people's lives, as opposed to one person that had weed on them. Yeah. Like how, how do you, when you look at it, now it makes sense everything you're saying because they're basically trying to, I don't want to say F up minorities, but that's kind of what it is. What's well, that too? And you're demonizing, and again, to the point you made earlier about, about it's, uh, it's, the, it's, it's the, the, the money aspect that, that runs. It's capitalism. Right? It's, yeah. it's prisons get, get money to keep people in them because they're private prisons. So they're corporations that run the prisons. They get paid by the government to keep them there. Yeah. The opioid industry has more money to lobby than, let's say, the weed industry. Yeah. Because, yeah. And then, and then fact, uh, factor in the fact that uh, what's it called now, because if it's a uh, Schedule One drug, it's a federal crime. Now, in many places, and up until recently, uh, even more places, you can't vote. So now you can't vote. You yeah. know, you don't have a voice. Yeah. That's interesting. I heard that recently as See, well. I didn't the know that. The election recent. Yeah. Yeah. If you had a criminal record, you can't vote. I didn't know that. Even if you you did your time, you got out, and it's, you know, you did your time, you should be given a second chance at, at life, which we can all Unfortunately, in the, States, in the U.S., like they, we believe in rehabilitation. They believe in punishment. That's why they still have capital punishment. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. So kind of on that point then, like, where yes, you I'm know, learning so much right now. I love. Yeah, this. I, I'm really. I, I, it's yeah, really, it's, really interesting. I had no idea about this whole the whole history behind the criminalization of marijuana. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, it's they, it's a pretty. And then Canada again, Canada and the U.S. Uh, they have a relationship. We followed Adrian. along a couple of years later. Yeah, again, they, they were they, they. You should have seen the just the the, the stupidest stupidest videos that they have in regards to like reefer madness back then like oh yeah it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's the dumbest thing and uh, again it, it, a lot of it has to do with um a lot of it has to do with uh what's it called um uh what do you call it uh a lot of it has to do with racism as i mentioned uh and just uh, over just again certain interests that kind of band together William Randall Hearst and the attorney general at the time I can't remember it and unfortunately again the whole uh, the whole prohibition movement in the US um, that transformed once 
uh, alcohol became legal again, well, they said, we got we to gotta fight something, so let's fight this one thing. And unfortunately, again, the people they were targeting yeah. um, were minorities. And that's minorities. what's interesting, too, because, again, I don't want to say anything scientific or statistically, but if you look at how much, like, alcohol, you can go to a store and buy it, and you can for, for how many, forever. Like, it's been, it was during Prohibition, you couldn't, but other than that, it's never really been criminal, to my knowledge, ever in the history, been a criminal uh, you can be punished criminally for owning it besides that era and how many more deaths are attributed to to alcohol mm. or results uh, byproducts of that yeah, yeah. Versus driving like and, exactly. exactly you know what I mean? and it's interesting right because then to your point about the, like the violent crimes like it seems like things aren't weighed equally it seems like they're weighed by whose best interest get, yep. get fed Definitely the most is. right uh Go ahead. I just want to ask, like now, obviously, moving to the where we are now, obviously, you made great strides with what you're doing in, in you know, the battle for athletes to be able to kind of take care of themselves, their health, and, and be able to perform still and, and kind of take their career into their own hands. And obviously, now with everything that's kind of slowly like decriminalizing and becoming more legal, do you think that where we are is where we should be? Do you think that the progress now is going to start to speed up? Do you think it's still going to be a slow battle? You know what's crazy? I was thinking my question was very similar to that one. Bro, we're on the same I knew you said one earlier same. too. Like, <laughs> we're, 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 we're on the same. Yeah, we're, we're lately on the same vibe here. But yeah, um, no. Uh, again, in Canada, more specifically, they basically tightened the rules when they made it, but they're loosening them up. Uh, there's still some things that kind of don't make sense, and part of that is because it's under it's built under the same foundation in regards to Health Canada, um, in regards to medicine, uh, where again you can advertise. Um, you can advertise beer in a certain way where cannabis still has that stigma, mm -hmm. right? So there's a lot of that component. Um, fast track, uh, or sorry, expanding on that, um, there are many different people that even in Canada, um, you know, have certain jail time, uh, have certain records, which excludes them to getting into it. Uh, and unfortunately, that of, uh, obviously uh, affects uh, people of um, uh, minority uh, communities more so because uh, they were the ones that were mostly targeted um, and also, again, could afford any of the uh, charges that kind of, uh, sorry, uh, whereas other people could possibly afford to fight the charges yeah, that yeah. kind of happened. Um, now expanded into the U.S. where they, they did a, a motion recently to decriminalize it, which would allow uh, the states to kind of choose. Yes. Um, but there's still, you know, 45,000, 47,000 people in jail right now for a non-violent drug offense. Uh, and many of those in places where it's legal now and there's now all this new money uh, where the, these old uh, prisoners are going to rot for the rest of their life. Uh, for instance, on the last prisoner project they were just uh, talking about recently, um, because it's a huge hurdle, the, lar the longest non-violent drug, uh, sorry, lo the longest non-violent uh, drug offense or just offense in general yeah. um basic guy just recently came out it was like 35 years he Somewhere had 91 ridiculous. years for just a couple of pounds on him 91 years in jail 91 years in jail he yeah. was sentenced to 91 years in jail he did 33 or something like that he's just getting out because again not only because it's stupid but and it, it shouldn't it be in jail because of covid crime, yeah. just a technicality oh covid okay i guess we'll get you out yeah and i was Jesus. i read something um maybe this at the beginning years. of covid that's my whole life yeah that's crazy <laughs> man. at the beginning that's... of covid i read something where it's imagine being in jail for 20 plus years for something that is now considered essential yeah like when you think about that. Oh yeah, it's like an essential, like the state open so, during yeah, the thing. Uh, yes. Dispensaries are considered essential businesses, mm -hmm. right? So imagine so people who are, are still in jail. Mm -hmm. Like there's there's still thousands even in Canada, but dispensaries are considered essential. essential. And, it, and it, they are essential in the capacity, especially in regards to access. But again, the hypocrisy in regards to how slow the justice system, even in here, 
uh, is uh, towards uh, cannabis. And it's interesting you say the, the word hypocrisy. And I, uh, like it's, it's again whose best interests are, are being mm. served, right? Like uh, Ontario, easy to look at it this way because the LCBO and the Ontario Cannabis Store are owned; they're government regulated stores. Whereas the states, it's a different level where it's privately owned uh, things, but. I think each state's different. Yeah. yeah, so it's interesting, right? Like now it's an essential, which it is. Like it should be treated as such because, again, I, I personally I don't yeah, think booze you can is this, this shit. Exactly, hundred yeah, exactly percent. But it's interesting. Like, imagine you're sitting, just sitting in a jail cell, thinking like, so now I, a, a twenty year old kid can walk to the store or 21, 18. How old do you have to be to buy? 19. 19. 19. Yeah, can go walk to the corner dispensary, buy buy pre-roll joints or buy CBD products, and I got to sit here in my jail cell because I had a couple grams in my pocket or something like that. It's crazy what a what a double standard is. Yeah, and then again, uh, it should it's it should uh, the quote unquote black market uh, always is uh, not where you want things. You want it to be taxed. You want it to be uh, you know the the proper uh, what's safety regulation, safety yeah, regulations, the protocols. Yeah, you want it to be made properly. Yeah, you don't want someone's it, bathtub. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I see this all the time. Like <laughs> you, when it's made by the government, or if it's made in a properly regulated environment. You know that it it gets properly tested and it's getting looked at. There's maybe yeah, there's probably pesticides in, it, but it's maybe a certain amount. That, no more than your tomatoes. Exactly. <laughs> if, yeah. if you're built, if let's say some random, you know, the Italian mafia or some gangsters are making it in the middle of nowhere, like who knows what they're putting in? And then you know, you're and spraying the kids, it in regards to the yeah, after. these young people are, are doing it. Whereas, you know, let's say alcohol was illegal, people at a younger age would start drinking it. Yeah, it's legal. At the age of 19, so okay. It's you harder know, to get. Exactly. It was a lot easier to get weed when I was a kid than it was, uh, yeah. what's it called, alcohol. 100%. Yeah, yeah. 100%. That, that's what it's crazy. Thing. One question I did want to ask that was similar to George's is, do you think your your case was a lot, you were able to get where you are with your case with the sporting profession because of where marijuana is in today's society, how it is being decriminalized in, I think, majority of the states and provinces, and that it's more, I don't want to say accepted, but it's... Well, a lot more accepted now than it was 10 years ago. Oh, definitely. And it's more rec it's recognized as a, a medicine, medicine in Canada. Yeah. Uh, but it's actually been recognized as a medicine in Canada since 2003 to some extent. So do you think you would have been able to get this I don't I don't know if it's not called grant, what's an exception I guess? Exemption, yeah. Exemption. Do you think you would have been able to get that in 2003? If you were let's say you were No, uh, what's called I think again with uh, sports uh, the, again it, the, there's a there's an old say, saying by Isaac Newton. Uh, what's called the the success of today is owed by the the shoulders of the giants before you. So there's many people that have um, what's it called come before me have kind of pushed those uh, lines, and I was able to you know break through in regards to my specific case. And hopefully moving forward, it uh, helps uh, other athletes that they don't have to jump the same hurdles and trials and tribulations that I have to go to. It'll now be a, an actual orderly protocol uh, to apply for it. And if you qualify. You get to use your medicine. Well, yeah. hopefully this is the first step of, you know, many athletes moving forward where mm -hmm. they can use your case and say, you know, I'm in a similar situation. I should be given this exemption For as sure. well. Yeah. And again, non-similar ones. There's many different, um, what's it called, uh, you know, conditions and diseases and et cetera that cannabis helps with uh, and is showing to help with uh, that uh, hopefully opens up the door for them. Very cool. Uh, you, just to jump back as well, I know you, you said you're no longer with the UFC, but do you think that the UFC will consider this in the future? Do you think they'll be a little less stringent slowly, or do you think it's still a long way for fighters uh, to that well, degree? With them, again, because it's a third-party uh, system, they kind of, uh, they, they're, they're, the they're separate. They they're at the mercy really, of, yeah, of uh, US, yeah. USDA. Uh, USDA or WADA? WADA's overall overarching. Yeah, the United everything. States, anti, you, you anti doping. Yeah, yeah, USADA, sorry, USADA. So uh, how... How does that work, I guess, with the Olympics? And Olympics, you're, you're still given an exemption for that. 
because that's through uh, no this is the commission but there's an avenue to do it that I, I will okay. be uh, what's called exercising in 2021 mm-hmm. again to open up that door and because Canada finds itself in a very interesting place um, I plan to again uh, fully uh, exercise my fundamental right to Medicaid as prescribed by my doctor I like very that. cool and and you're going to pursue so you're going to go and compete you're intending to compete under like what would you be going in? Is it mixed? Well, a magician never reveals a secret. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Have you ever considered? Would you ever consider if you did it with Canada? Would you do it for Greece, or is that not like you can? Yeah, that that would be really cool. Um, especially depending on where, uh, when and where it was. Uh, obviously, if it was like in Athens, that'd be really cool. Yeah. But uh, but um, I don't know. I, I think uh, for the cannabis stuff, I'd have to do it uh, with Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Greece is a little behind the times there. Well, they actually opened up pretty well. They have medical and they have about 27 uh, dispensaries uh, nationwide. Oh, wow. Um, that you can buy cannabis uh, if you have a medical card. I did not know that. Yeah, they opened up recently, last oh. couple of years. Very cool. Very and cool. then they have a whole, because uh, of their agriculture uh, and, and all those opportunities, there's, there's a lot of um, uh, hemp opportunities uh, in regards to the, again, the, the material and the, uh, the products that can come with it. Uh, non-psychoactive, not even uh, smoking in or, or yeah, any yeah. kind of ingesting, uh, just more in regards to the products. Do you use CBD oil? Yep. Uh, well, I do, well, there's CBD in regards to I do tinctures, so I do a one to one, so it equal parts. A tincture? a tincture is just like a drop. Okay. So uh, I do tinctures in the morning. Pardon me. Did you know that? I, I, yeah, yeah, like little droplets. Yeah. Okay. So it's, I, it's I do that oil. with it's like an oil, a tincture. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I do that in the morning, like basically to kind of break down my routine. I wake up in the morning, kind of assess where I am um, in the day. I'll take my tincture. Uh, it's a one-to-one, uh, then I could potentially do my smoothie. Again, there's no psychoactive component for it, um, which, but it's still kind of trippy uh, when, you, when you have a, what's it called? Because uh, it tastes exactly like, like you're going to like, oh my God, this, ed- this edible is going to kick in soon. But it's like, no, you can just chug it away and there's no issue. So yeah. it's still, uh, it took a while to get the, the brain to kind of like uh, get over that fact. But so then from there, I'll go compete uh, in some uh, training or whatever like that, I'll, or lift weights or whatever the case may be. Uh, for my first uh, session of the day and then from there I assess my body and then uh, I'll uh, tend to vaporize because uh, uh, again as an athlete I vape like a professional um, so I do that and then whether it's stretching whether it's some type of recovery you know prehab uh, what's called uh, rehab etc etc take a nap because naps save lives uh, then I'll wake up go to my next session and after that I'll medicate again with cannabis um, and then uh, towards the end I'll do more tinctures um, and more CBD based because one of the interesting things, if anyone has uh, this is a little tip for anyone, a little pro tip, um, if anyone has a little bit uh, too much cannabis and again, they're, they're, it brings on some anxiety, just uh, you know, mow down some CBD, whether it's CBD gummies, CBD drops, even, excuse me, even CBD flour, it'll help minimize uh, the cannabis to kind of, uh, they kind of, they kind of like negative positive, so they kind yeah. of even each, each other, other yeah. out. So I do high doses of CBD at night, uh, both for the inflammation and also um, cannabis doesn't make you not dream. So sometimes you don't dream as vivid and you kind of forget your dreams. Um, and uh, I love dreaming. Uh, I'm a very vivid dreamer. I can dream in color and all that jazz. So I, wow. I tend to uh, love to do that. So I'll just high dose some CBD and then, uh, you know, sleep. Dream away. See dream away. Goes, yeah. yeah. What, uh, you mentioned edibles. What's your favorite brand of edibles? Uh, you know, uh, what's it called both brands and also uh, I know many different uh, patients. Uh, I get I get right to the source uh, from seed to seed to what's it called brownie uh, from a oh. lot of really cool people. Do you um, ever make your own? 
uh, I, I'm going to start actually make uh, growing my own uh, again part of uh, as an advocate I really want to emphasize that everyone is uh, medically and also uh, what's it called in Canada wise in regards to your uh, right uh, you're allowed to actually grow for yeah, plants yourself so i'm gonna you know kind of uh not necessarily uh, i don't want to call it growing weed for dummies because uh the, <laughs> but uh this uh, this dummy is definitely going to learn how to <laughs> kind of go through the whole process kind of see it all all the way through that's really interesting do you think um do you think that after your fighting career they, like this is something that kind of industry you'd want to work in or want to pursue something like no, definitely uh what's called obviously um uh what's called with uh the the therapeutic use exemption uh there's the the compounds that i a little bit, i'm allowed a the compounds that i'm allowed and obviously the products that can go with it okay very nice very nice i'm gonna kind of switch a little bit sure. side gear here amazing race canada mm. what was that like it was fun. Uh, what's it called didn't go as well, um, but even when I failed uh, in it, uh, what's it called? Uh, it was uh, the highest um, non-sports viewing record in Canadian television history. So even when I lose, uh, I still people win. are still watching. The main, the main <laughs> event is always the main event. Eh? <laughs> even when I lose, people but uh, what's it called it was really cool because um, uh, what do you call it? It was right when I was uh, very much uh, in the uh, you know beginning stages in regards to the relationship um, with my girlfriend. So there's a whole component of uh, you know just kind of the whole process and kind of going through it with a very new relationship uh, and then uh, surviving that after the fact. Traveling, uh, competing, you put, yeah. like traveling alone Tra- without traveling a partner. with a new partner is one thing. Yeah, yeah. competing, putting comp- alpha male competing. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know. Because uh, <laughs> we kind of did it as a goof, um, and then we got it, and she was just like, I, I really don't want to do. This. <laughs> but it all worked you're out. You're like, I want to win this. <laughs> exactly. But um, no, it's fun. Uh, it was a really cool experience. Um, again, I got to meet some people uh, that were all on it, and uh, you know, create a you know a new memory that uh, not everyone uh, gets to have. Very interesting. Yeah, it's very cool. I got some. More. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, Amazing Race Canada. Uh, you also said you did some stunt stuff earlier. What kind of stunt stuff do you do? Uh, different TV shows, um, from a listener, uh, to I think some Sherlock Holmes, uh, everything in between kind of really, I'm working on a couple projects right now that I can't really talk about, <laughs> but, um, they're still kind of running, uh, which is really cool, uh, to kind of be, still being able to obviously work, uh, through, uh, you know, the way you know, the world is right now, uh, the new normal. Uh, so I'm thankful for that capacity. Um, and, uh, you know, I have a couple other projects that I, I, I've uh, done on the acting side uh, and then also some are that are in the pipeline. Again, COVID uh, slowed everything down in some capacity, but I'll be actually going to Greece next year to film uh, Red, uh, sorry, Red Door and the Lemon Tree, uh, which is a really cool script that I'm really excited to be a part of. I play King Minos, the gatekeeper of the underworld. And uh, what's Sick. it called? I actually um, have a very uh, important part in regards to the, the crux of the film. And I basically uh, did allow the 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 main character or don't allow i basically decide whether or not they get to do what they want to do uh in regards to uh the afterlife so it's a really really cool uh script it's it's a romantic comedy with the fantasy twist it's it's really really cool it's it's a great script and that's that's this summer coming up you're gonna yeah, be yeah it was supposed to be this past summer but obviously a, a lot of their cast is in the u.s so they weren't allowed to greece Wow. So it'll be in Crete. Uh, I'm really excited to do that. Uh, and then I have another film where I'm, I'm the main ca- character. Uh, I'm also a producer on it. It's called Last Hit. 
I play an MMA fighter, huge stretch. I heard about uh, it. <laughs> and then I, what's it called? Uh, I, I get injured and I reinvent myself with competitive video games. So uh, as a, very, a competitive video gamer, uh, more specifically uh, fighting games. Uh, I can't say the title that we've uh, approached and we're really close to doing it, but it's a, it's a classic. Uh, wow. And then the, So last, it's a, a running title. Um, but once we, we get the title that we want, it's going to be called a certain something that you'll know exactly what it is when <laughs> you hear it. I feel like I would guess. I won't guess now. I'll say it after, but yeah. Say that's it off air. Yeah, yeah. That's really cool. I didn't know you, I didn't know you did this much, uh, like this much in that kind of acting space. And all yeah, that I'm really, really excited. Cool. Uh, again, a really nice script. Um, a real uh, a real great writer, Chris uh, Francis. Uh, we have a really cool uh, team on it. Uh, we have some other, again, uh, um, we have other um, actors that are tentatively attached to it. Uh, and once I can announce it, I'm really excited. There hasn't been a film like it. Um, and there's a really cool component that, uh, again, hasn't really been done too much, uh, if ever. Um, it's kind of like, you guys remember the movie Wizard? With yeah. uh, the guy from uh, something savage, remember the little kid who was like a, uh, playing the, mid, the the Mario game. Either way, those that are watching uh, <laughs> might know it. Uh, what's it called? So there's that. People do that. And then uh, it's a mixture with Southpaw, which is Jake Gyllenhaal. That yes, recently. yes. That's uh, and also, fun fact: I was actually supposed to play Jake Gyllenhaal's body double until he ended up, until he ended up doing his own stunts. So I was actually going to be uh, the, the the body double for. Uh, I did not know that. Do you know what's so crazy? I'll tell I'll tell it after. But the questions at the end. That's what I was thinking. Oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. Well we'll get Dude, to that's that. Cr- we, have, yeah. we have a couple questions we, we asked. Yeah, and then yeah. he just cut. Yeah, I see where he's going. But um, that's crazy. That was a really that was a really oh, good movie. So movie. Paul. Yeah, yeah, it was a really good one. Actually, on that note, what's your favorite box uh, fighting movie? Uh, fighting ever? movie? Uh, there, there's. Um, there's one that was really good that uh, it's it's a little obscure. It's called Red Belt. Uh, it's a really cool concept. Um, really, um, you know, really traditional. And, you know, the reluctant hero uh, is something that I, I, I kind of uh, appreciate in regards to the storyline. Uh, and, and there's kind of parallels in regards to one of my first coaches that I kind of saw in it. And it, it was a really good movie. There's a, there's a couple of them. Like, uh, again, Southpaw is a really good one. Um, Warrior, ha- you know, it has a little bit of cheesiness in it here and there, but uh, it's it's a really good one. Um, and you know, throw it back to Rocky <laughs> when it all comes yeah, out and said and done. What's your favorite Rocky? Ah, uh, the first one. First one. First one for sure. Yeah, that's a classic. I haven't seen them in a while. Honestly, I, I the, yeah, I haven't seen them in a while. I the Creed uh, Creed one was one of my favorites. Even the new Creed ones, I yeah, thought, even the new I Creed they ones. Really they're they're yeah. great. Fours. Yeah. I've watched the training montage video on YouTube for, for sure. Rocky Star Four. Swipe. Star Swipe. No, but Rocky <laughs> Four. I've watched it at least a hundred times. Good. You know really? the one where he's in the barn. He's yep. in the tricep 100%. extensions with the hundred percent. The, the yeah. meat. Shoulder oh, the pressing. Meat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good. I love that. It's great. Um. So we we know about some of the movies you've got going on, some of the acting stuff. What's What's twenty twenty one look like for you? Uh, I'm going to have my next fight. Uh, basically, uh, COVID's kind of slowed down uh, my game plan in regards to validating my therapeutic use exemption. Um, I'm going to be both fighter and promoter uh, with uh, co-promotion Rise, which is out in BC. Uh, once we uh, get the uh, go-ahead, uh, which should be uh, by January, February, is kind of the, the game plan. And it's going to be on uh, a revolutionary app, which I'm really excited to partner with. It's called uh, Imagine BC. It's based off of blockchain, so there's it's all about data privacy, but it's also about giving both to the content creator like myself and also the viewers. So, for instance, my exclusive content will be 420 naturally, uh, and then we're gonna <laughs> kick it off with my fight. So you actually get my fight. You'll watch a whole fight. There's a docu series that's gonna be coming out with it, kind of explaining the whole process for the therapeutic use exemption, what this means for other athletes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Then fast track. 
um, uh, you know, with the uh, the app itself, because of its uh, classification of a 19 plus and 21 plus, uh, it's the first of its kind in regards to sporting event that will be completely uh, sponsored by cannabis uh, uh, companies uh, and uh, partners. So I'm really excited to spearhead that, and uh, it'll be the first uh, MMA event uh, back post COVID. And uh, part of uh, my my legal team and my and uh, you know uh, my my team in general that has been instrumental in spearheading this and basically bringing back mixed martial arts uh, and competition in general and, and sports in general. So uh, I'm really excited for that, and uh, you know just get back in the cage and uh, you know win. Dude, that's Crazy. I'm sitting here listening, and I'm like, I, I've again, we kind of known each other through like friends and friends for a while. And obviously, you know, I mean, I knew you're obviously a, a fighter, athlete. You know, the main event. I still think is one of the best fight names in the trademark history. included uh, I, ever. Like, <laughs> honestly, it is insane. But Thank you, you know, just listening to. I mean, you're like, you're, you know, you're a pro cannabis advocate and like educate whatever you want to call it, educator. And you're opening the pathway there. I mean, actor, entrepreneur, like. You know, you have a lot of different layers here. I think it's really cool that it's not just like one thing. And obviously, you know, whatever you end up doing down the road, I'm sure you're going to have a lot of options and a lot of different, uh, Thanks so much. Different, yeah. different career trajectories, right? Thanks. Has, has, oh, of course, As you were talking, you are, I think once your, your fighting career is over, I think you're going to go down as like a pioneer for cannabis and sport because of what you're doing. And it's, uh, it is tremendous because if you think about how many careers are cut short sure. because of cannabis and, you know, like you, you get someone like Josh Gordon who could have been arguably been one of the best wide receivers of, of our generation. His career just got derailed because of cannabis. And in reality, in 10 years, it's not going to be an issue. It's not yeah. going to be an issue. But because he was born 10 years too early, his career is just absolutely kibosh. So uh, I kudos to you because, again, like Georgie said, it's, you're, you're going to be one of those people that in 10 years from now, they're going to look back at you and say, you know, he was the one that really pushed ahead, especially for mixed martial arts and in Canada. Yeah. Thank you so much. No, oh, man, really again, cool. I didn't, we grow. Yeah, yeah, didn't know you had all this going on. It's very, very cool stuff. Even, even though, like the history lesson we got on that too, I had no, <laughs> yeah. I had no idea on that either. <laughs> Honestly, man, really hey, cool. Do well, the little uh, edit afterwards. The more you know, <laughs> <laughs> he's the one that edits. Is that from? What? It's, it's definitely a TV show. No, or whatever. See, yeah, I've seen TV that show. on like a. I'll see if I can do that. I can throw that up there. I, I um, still want to. I'm going to try and find that YouTube video of you uh, off the cab rolling back. Yeah, like, it was, or the, it the was failed a, Superman yeah, punch. But, oh, it was embarrassing. The start like, of your I, career. I, I cringe, yeah. but uh, <laughs> I cringe when I think about it. Uh, I want to ask one question. I only really have one more. Kind of want to ask know. about like obviously being a Greek and going to Greece every summer. What uh, What's your favorite? Have you favorite area? Favorite part or? I love it all because, again, the, the whole going back to the nation states, everything's kind of different. Um, again, if you want to have some fun, go to Mykonos. If you want to see something pretty, you go somewhere else. Like, there, there's so many different other yeah. uh, areas. Uh, there's family in Kalamata. I got family in, you know, uh, what's it called, up in Florida. Like, there's, there's so many different things. Yeah. You walk down uh, the Salniki in regards to just the, the, the roads, in regards to the, the beautiful, um, you know, three finger shaped uh what's called component of it and just the yeah. history and you see uh you know uh what's called a big statue of alexander the great there and you just kind of take that all in like yeah. there's a lot like it, the it, history is really cool yeah exactly and you go to the parthenon like again you can go to the, the what's it called um the bazaar that's out there and like yep, walk around yep, regards yep. to uh, all there like it, it's so beautiful there's so many different facets. i mean yeah. I, I say it all the time and i know that i'm biased but i honestly think it's one it's one of if not the best country to go on vacation in the middle of for summer. sure there's and so you don't many have to be greek things. you don't no. have to be greek i i really believe it obviously being full greek my not parents, biased at all <laughs> <laughs> not biased at all but yeah it has a lot going for it but when we ask george's cool. favorite country city we have to say aside from greece meek and all Athens. 
All aside from that, what's your favorite? That's what we usually ask. Yeah, because I not everyone there, knows. It's, it's yeah, the first thing I'm going to say. Says. Um, I got one last one too before we we start to wrap up. What's your most memorable fight aside from the whole failed Superman punch? What's your most memorable <laughs> or favorite? Well, favorite the Ultimate fight? Fighter uh, winning that and just the importance of it and kind of you know in in under four years. Uh, of any type of martial arts jo- joining the first gym I did at the age of like 20 uh, like I did and then winning the ultimate fighter in less than four years um, just kind of the, the the importance of that and I actually got a tattoo to rep- represent it it basically uh, means this alpha greater than 10 omegas because I compete I actually became 10 10 and 0 uh, when I won the ultimate fighter um, wow. so again it kind of incorporates uh, the Greek uh, component of it again the alpha the omega and uh, 10 uh, regards to the, the number as well so very cool love I that. saw that I, no- I noticed yeah, the omega there yeah like, I- alpha omega yeah it's really cool I love that's that that's very cool man yeah honestly congrats on the, on the career and I obviously hope the, f- the fighting career continues but you mm. seem to have a lot of options and a lot of interesting stuff going on so whatever you pursue man I'm like you know appreciate best it. Of luck to you. Yeah. no honestly and uh, you know hopefully we can get you uh, back on in the future and be after you know you're, you get down to your, to your acting in Greece we can uh, you know plug some stuff yeah, and yeah, for, sure. Now, yeah for sure for sure yeah, I'd love man. to catch up awesome we love that awesome um, yeah, we've got two questions we always ask every guest mm-hmm. the first and this see I like when I can ask people or this is a real question. If there's a movie about your life, who would you want to star as you? Could Shoot. be anyone from any person in any given time. <laughs> Stumped him. Shoot. Um, He's low-key thinking. It's like, well, I'm actually Well, I right. know the person, but I can't really talk about it right now. So I can't. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, what's it called? Um, who would I do? Uh, who would I choose? Um, uh, what's it called? There's, a, there's, a, there's one person I probably would say. Um... Uh, I know the person, but I'm doing work for them right now, so I can't say that. <laughs> so second, I'd run up with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, that's who he's that, looking that, at me. What, when I thought, I'm like, I was talking with some my brother, or someone. I'm like, I wonder who he's gonna pick. I'm like, you know, what, Jake Gyllenhaal or Tom Hardy. Those were my two. Tom Hardy's cool. Tom, yeah, you know, just like badass. That's actually so crazy. You would have been Jake Gyllenhaal's body double and stuff. That's. Cr- that's sick, man. That's really cool. I can see it. Yeah, in a couple sure. of months, I can tell you who who I'm actually working oh, with. Oh, then then, yeah, then, then you'd probably on. say, "Okay, There's him." Reason to get <laughs> you back okay. on. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> um, George, hit him with the last, the last one. one that we have is: if you could give one piece of advice to your younger self, what would it be? Um, what I would give everyone, uh, just showing up is always the first step, right? Uh, that's what it was with uh, mixed martial arts, and that's what it is with anyone else trying to learn something new and doing something new. That's beautiful, perfect sound advice. Perfect. Um, If people want to find out more about you, everything you're doing, where should they go? Uh, You know, social, find me at at Elias Theodoro. Uh, You can follow me um, also in regards to my next fight, which will be on Imagine BC. Uh, And then uh, that's basically it. Yeah, perfect. Awesome. We'll, we'll plug everything in the uh, in the caption in the bio. But again, thank you so much for coming on. This was an absolute pleasure to have you on. I know this was a long time in the making. Yeah. We we tried to get you on a couple of times, had some scheduling conflicts, but we're glad to have you on. And hopefully, we get you on in uh, in the new year when you've got uh, a whole bunch of other things happening. Mister, awesome, perfect. Okay, all right, that's it. Signing off, pals. Cheers. Later. Okay. Boom. You like to drink and to smoke to take away the pain And I don't remember all of my mistakes in every I got alone no one thing And I'm not alright, I'm not alright